Let me get you order medical. Stay on the line. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the podcast Behind the Crime. I'm your host Manuel and today we will go through the case of the Scream Killers. Those are Tori Adamchik and Brian Lee Draper. Those two were inspired or imitated the crime in the Scream movies. And they murdered Cassie Joe Stoddard. So, let's get into this. At first, who is Brian Draper? He was born on March 21st in 1990. He lived in Utah, but moved to Pocatello uh, in Idaho with his family. He loved horror movies, especially the movie Scream. He also played the drums. And for the impression to others, he seemed really nice, but this only was an illusion. He was, for example, he was obsessed with the Columbine uh, school shooting and wanted to do something similar in his own school or in his own life. Um, on the second, uh, the second murderer here is Tori Adamchik. He was born on June the 14th in 1990 and he was a friend of Brian. He also loved horror movies but he wasn't really interested in Columbine. But he had, we he had a weird side to him too, as some people say. And um, he is more brutal than uh, Brian, as you will also see in the, um, in the interrogation later on. Now, um, who is Cassie Starter, so the victim of this crime? Cassie Stoddard is um, shy and loved music and art. They met at, they were friends basically with Cassie and they met at the Pocatello High School and they all were in 11th grade. They included her in films often because um, this is also special about this crime is that they made videotapes before and after the crime. Cassie had a, a boyfriend um, at that time that was Mac, Matt Beckham. Um, and yeah, so... Um, now... Um, Tori and Brian uh, they met at Pocatello High School, so they became friends there. And they both loved movies, so that connected them. Um, and also, they had this video diary that we will also watch in a few minutes. And they both wanted to become famous uh, by um, for, by committing a crime. That, so that was the plan. Um now this um now so uh let's go through what happened before the murder because i think this is really interesting in that case especially because the um videos before the crime are really interesting so let's go listen uh, to the videos um Starting with a video 27 hours before the murder, um, Brian and Tori are driving around in a car there and it's September 21st, 2006 at 8.05 p.m. 
Now let's go listen to that. We're going for a high death count. We're not going not to get caught, Ryan. If we're going for guns, we're just going to end it. We're just going to uh, grab the guns and get out of there and kill everybody in the league. We're going to make history. We're going to make history. For all you FBI agents watching this, <laughs> Enough. We were quick enough, and you weren't smart enough. And we're going over today, Nixon's house. We're, we're gonna go snoop around over there and try to see if she's home alone or not. And if she's home alone, splat! Don't, she did. Don't put your humor into this, Brian. Uh, I, I'm not putting humor into it. Yep. People will die. Then memories will fade. I wonder what movie you got that from, Brian. Myself. <laughs> that was for myself. No wonder it was so lame. Okay, we're on our way, and I'm gonna... I'll let you stay tuned. We're almost there. Dixon's house. It's clear out there in the pasture. We've already snooped around her house a couple times. Uh, it, she, she's not at home, so... We're gonna go to the church over there, and we're gonna call... A, a girl and a guy named Cassie and Matt. They're our friends, but we have to make sacrifices, so, um, I feel... So, as you can, uh, as you could probably hear, it's important for them to become famous. And apparently, they wanted to kill somebody else that day before the murder, so, because that was 27 hours before the murder had happened on Cassie, and already they are speaking of uh, Cassie and Matt, that they wanted to kill the next day then. And also, um, that will become um, really important later on because in their trial, that's the reason why they can't um, get out of jail earlier. So yeah, let's go on with the video. Tonight it is the night, and I feel really weird. It, you know, it's having stomach and stuff, and I feel like I want to kill somebody. Uh, I know that's not normal, but what the hell? I feel we need to break away from normal life. How bright is this light? Because let's turn it this way. Parents, along with their parents along with their parents, and so on, uh -huh. taught them that God, Jesus, the whole bullshit <laughs> line. I'm sure you guys believe in God as well. I realized when I was in seventh grade, along, you don't believe in Santa Claus or <laughs> vampires or werewolves. They're used to metaphor, not to let they teach their kids back in the 1800s, I learned this in English class, about telling their kids that you can't go outside or a vampire will get you, just to make their kids stay and do what they want to do. God is basically God's the order, same right? way. Yep. Trying to get people to do good, or else, so-called, you go to hell. And we're obviously going to hell if it's real, but you know, who gives a shit? Uh, yeah. And yeah. why would yeah, you but say it's not it's real? real it's right? not real, because it's so blatantly obvious it's not real. But <laughs> People believe it because their parents teach them, and so it's so hard for them to let go of it because they've Let's been go. taught their whole life. Yeah, I know. But fucking what the point I'm making is... We are also taught that things like killing people and the other thing is wrong. The only thing that it's wrong about is because it's breaking the law and the law is only wrong. It, the law is just selection, dude. Because that's just selection. That's all I gotta say. There should be no law against killing people. I know it's a wrong thing, but you know, hell, hell, you restrict somebody from it, they're gonna want it more. Exactly. Goodbye, camera. My friend's too pussy to go. So, as you can see, Tori is speaking of this really complex topic of that uh, God is just an invention of 
parents that want their child uh, children to behave. And I think that's really interesting because he tries to reason the crime with this topic. And also, but what he states is that it is wrong. And that I think that conflicts with uh, the reasoning he just gave us. So, yeah, I don't know how to say that. So, there's another video 10 minutes later than that we will now watch, uh, so listen to. And so let's go through this now. And they are still driving in their car and they are still driving in their car and also and they are still driving in their car. Um, so So they um, are still out and talk about all of the things they feel like they need to talk about before the murder. So let's listen to it. Let's listen to it. Investigate, turn here. Why are you turning there, Okay. Now we're gonna go over to Cassie and Matt's house. If they're home alone, we're gonna. It's Cassie's house. Matt is there. Matt is there. Sorry. We're gonna go. We're gonna knock on the door. We'll see who's there. We'll see. see we'll, we'll see if their parents are home or not. If they're home alone, we will leave our way, and then we will come back in about ten minutes. We'll sneak in through the door because chances are they're probably in Cassie's room. So we'll sneak in the front door. Make a noise outside, and Matt will come out to investigate, kill him, and it will scare the shit out of Cassie. Okay? Well, Sounds like fun. We'll stay tuned. So as you can see, uh, or hear, uh, is that it is really important for them to scare the their victims, because... Um, that basically shows that their the crime they're about to commit is inspired by a horror movie because this is the stereotypical horror movie because the killers always uh, scare the scare their victims before they kill them so yeah that's really interesting and their plan to me sounds like that they have a personal problem with Cassie, but we will um, move that topic to later on when we will dive into that deeper. And also, Brian, because uh, just to inform you about that and to put it into context, is that Brian later admits that he had a crush on Cassie and that might also have been a motive for that crime. Now, there is a video 26 hours before the murder, so basically uh, one hour later. It's on also on September 21st uh, at 8.36 p.m. And they still drive around in the car, and we are going to listen to that now. We found our victim, and sad as it may be, she's our friend. But you know what? We all have to make sacrifices. Our first victim is going to be Cassie's daughter and her God, friends. turn your brights off, asshole. Well, yeah, we'll find out if she has friends over. She's going to be alone in a big, dark house out in the middle of nowhere. How perfect can you get? I, I mean, like, holy shit, dude. I'm horny just thinking about it. Hell yeah. So we're gonna fucking kill her and her friends, and we're gonna keep moving on. I heard some news about Kirsten. She's gonna be home alone from six to seven. So we might kill her, then drive over to Cassie's thing, and scare the shit out of them, then kill them one by fucking one. Hell yeah. Why one by one? Why can't it be a Two by house? two, and three by three? Cause we gotta keep it classy. So yeah, it's gonna be extra fun. You're evil. <laughs> yes, I am. 
Nazis or are you? No, like, evil is an expression of God. That was another test you felt. Evil is not an expression of God. Yes, it is. It's bullshit. You know it. Evil of origin is a follower of fucking Satan. There is, is no Satan. Satan. Real? Then shut then, up. Then how are we supposed to express ourselves? Good and bad. We're, we're bad. Bad. That sounds so shitty. We're evil. That sounds hey. even shittier. We're not, okay? They were sick psychopaths. Did that get pleasure of killing other people? That sounds good, baby. We're gonna go down in history. Bad. We're gonna be just like Scream, except real life terms. That we're sounds gonna be murderers. Like, let's see, Ted Bundy. Like the Hillside Strangler. No. The Zodiac Killer. Those people are more amateurs compared to what we're gonna be. We're gonna be more of higher sources of Ed Gene. Now, in this uh, clip, you could hear that um, they have uh, selected their victims, uh, Cassie and Matt. Um, also, they talked about uh, one person named Kirsten. Um, and they didn't kill her. I don't know why. They never mentioned her again. And as you could hear, Tori doesn't want Brian to use the word such as uh, to use words such as evil to ignore the fact that they are about to do something wrong. Um, and also they compare themselves to serial killers and feel superior to them already. And also, it was their intention to kill multiple people, not just uh, Cassie. So that's also why they are talking about Matt and that Kirsten that they mentioned. Now, let's go on with the video. Gene. <laughs> <laughs> well, except we're that sick and that twisted. <laughs> oh, do you know what Ed Gene's words were? What? He saw a girl walking down the street, right? Yeah. Two questions came to his head. Hmm, I could take her out, have a nice time with her. The killer? <laughs> and show her a good her time, alive. charm the pants off her. Or, I wonder what her head would look like on a <laughs> stick. Holy shit. <laughs> That's creepy, yes. huh? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> murder is power, murder is freedom. Goodbye. I don't know. As you probably noticed, the the humor they have is really aggressive and maybe a coping mechanism of what they're about to do. Now this was it with this video and now there's a video of uh, on the September 22nd at 8.28 a.m. Um, Brian there is walking around in the school hallways all by himself. And this is 15 hours before the murder. Um, Brian is filming Cassie in their school while talking to her. And then he goes into a bathroom filming himself in the mirror without an obvious point where he wants to go. He just stumbles around in the hallway of the school, so... Yeah, let's uh, listen to that. <laughs> Garrett and Charlie. Better than the way it is. That would, but I really wouldn't like that. Because then it would be all going straight and you'd just get caught. Well, it would. That's how I'm behind you now. I'm going to walk behind me, dude. I'm not going to strip you, dude. Okay. Uh, you were triggered. Dude, I was thinking about it. Actually, I was really actually going to do it. Oh, yeah? And I was like, I want to brush your hand. Hey, look, it's Cassie. Hey, look, I don't know. Hello, Cassie. <laughs> I'm getting you on tape, okay? Say hi, please. Hi. Okay, see ya. Wait. Have you seen Tori? He's supposed to meet me here at 7.30, and it's 8.19. He's an hour late. You, you don't even care, do you? <laughs> okay. See ya. Oh, dude, I totally, 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 dude. Totally, dude. I'm gonna go this way. Wait, there's a guys in here. 
So at this point, he is filming himself in the mirror of the bathroom he's in, and in the next segment, he's just walking around as I told you. So the rest of the video is just typical school noise you heard if you would go into school. Um, now the next video is probably the most interesting one besides the one after the murder. This video is eleven is was uh, filmed eleven hours before the murder. And they are skit sitting in the school library planning the murder on the same evening. So it's September 22nd, 2006. Um, yeah, so let's go listen into that video. September 22nd, 2006. We're skipping our fourth hour. We're writing our plan right now for tonight. It's gonna be cool. Number two is what? So as you can hear, they are skipping class and the audio is really bad on this video. Um, but uh, until now, they just said that they are uh, making the death list because uh, Tori is writing something a, uh, on a paper, on a piece of paper. So um, yeah, uh, that's the only thing happening right now, and then they are pretending to do homework um, because they are skipping the fourth class, if I uh, understood that correctly. Um, so, yeah, let's watch the next part of this video. 
Then we walk past you. An idiot. <sighs> Whatever. Well, actually, that's what happened. So until now, they just pretended to do homework and also tried to hide from their teacher. Uh, so they don't get caught skipping class. Uh, but nothing more happened. Um, it's just until the end that it gets interesting. This documentary is roughly about the tape has already been used about halfway through. No shit. Yeah. When we, when we get more tapes, it's like oh, five bucks a tape. Well, that's five bucks. Yeah. Five bucks. At this point, as you can hear, they are just uh, talking about tapes and whether they should buy uh, some more or not, uh, so not really interesting for us. probably here is that they f act like this is an interview with themselves um, because they addressed uh, future serial killers with this video um, so they see themselves as one of many future famous serial killers um, and their main goal is to be famous no matter how they would do it so the most important thing for them is to become famous not how they become famous so also this shows their cruelty um when they so i'm just gonna skip ahead of, with this video because it's very long and has very bad audio uh brian um will focus more on Cassie and Tori only focuses on how many people he will kill. He says that there are, uh, he wants to go for a higher death rate than Colin Mine. Um, 
or 20 he says um and then uh later on a friend comes up to them um while they talk and this friend then acts as if he is being choked which could be foreshadowing from the events that happen later on and then uh tori thinks about his future fame uh by addressing the movie producers that will make the movie of him so yeah now the next video is uh also on september 22nd at 12:54 p.m this is 10 hours before the murder it's in front of their locker and um in the locker there are many horror movie posters um and also of the movie scream and they talk about it and then a friend comes up to them and they talk about his skinny leg so let's go listen to that video mine too me uh, sorry our locker i'm a halloween pretty style. fucking sweet isn't it my trench coat isn't it that's decently sweet smokes here well i'm gonna look at those little legs <laughs> and they are talking about the movie posters in the first segment so um then there is the next video also on september 22nd at 5 30 p.m this is at brian's home and six hours before the murder and brian plays the drums uh, while the movie Scream is playing in the background and let's uh, listen to that quickly. He turned the camera around when you heard him stop uh, playing and then if you watch the video um, you can see the movie screen playing and he may have used this to get motivated for the murder he was about to commit so um, that was basically he hyped himself up for that basically and then they made a video one hour before the murder. This was the last video before the murder and this was on September 22nd, 2006 at 9.53 p.m. And they are again both in Tori's car. And now let's go listen to that video. And this is one of the, mo uh, the most interesting videos at from those videos they made. We're here in his car. The time is 9.50, September 22nd, 2006. Um, unfortunately, we have the grueling task of killing our two friends. And they are right in that house just down the street. We just talked to them. We were there for an hour. But we checked out the whole house. We know there's lots of doors. There, there's lots of places to hide. Um, I unlocked the back doors. So it's all locked. Now we just gotta wait. And um, yeah, we're we're really nervous right now, but you know, we're ready. We're listening to the greatest rock band. We've waited for this for a long time. Pink Floyd. Before we commit 
the ultimate crime of murder. We waited this for a long time. A long time. We'll stay tuned. So they explain how they prepared prepared for this crime. Sorry. Um. When uh, they were there, I will I will explain. I will later on explain the timeline of the murder itself. But now it's just about the videos. But they were at the house of Cassie and Matt. Um. And they checked what the layout of the house looked like. And now they are just waiting for the right time to come when they can go back to the house. Now the next video is after the murder. It's at 11.30pm at the same day. That's one hour after the murder and they are again in the car driving away from the house. And now they... um talk about what they do now and what the experience was uh, killing Cassie. just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not a fucking joke. I'm shaking. I stabbed her in the throat and I saw her lifeless body just disappear. Dude, I oh just killed God. Cassie. Oh, oh, fuck. That felt like it wasn't real. I mean, it went by so Shut fast. Shut the fuck up. We gotta get our act straight. It's okay. Okay. Well, well, let's buy movie tickets now. Okay. Come on. No. Goodbye. And uh, notice that Brian always uses the sentence "I killed Cassie, not we killed Cassie," as you would expect him to do. And they also brag about the thing they just did, and they feel comparably good about their murder, and they are just about to kind of cover up the murder they just committed. And now you can see how hyped up they are uh, because they had finally accomplished their goal. So now we will go through the timeline of the video itself. Uh, of the murder itself. Um, before the murder, they made this video diary, which uh, dates back uh, one year, but there's nothing ab important about that murder. It just starts at September 21st. Um, now, um, why was Cassie at that house? That's really interesting, because... Cassie was looking after the house of her uncle and aunt, uh, who also lived in Pocatello. Uh, the uncle and aunt were on vacation at that time, and Brian and Tori knew that she would be alone there. Cassie was dropped off there at the evening of the murder, so we, she was house-sitting. The goal of the of uh, Tori and Brian was to terrorize and kill Matt and Cassie, and they took this idea from the horror movie Scream, as you probably already heard in the videotapes. Now, Brian and Tori talked about that they were there earlier that evening, so they watched a movie with Matt and Cassie. Um, so they used this to unlock the basement door so that they were able to come in later on. And they then left the house to come back later on when they would commit their murder, as you heard in the videos, uh, where they talked about um, going back there. Now to how the murder was committed. They returned later and entered the house through the basement door Brian had opened when they were there before. Since they wanted to scare the, their victims, they turned off the electricity at the breaker box, which was also in the basement, and therefore the lights in the house. Um, so that was basically 
how they wanted to scare their victims. Then they broke two ashtrays to lure Cassie down to the basement, but that didn't work, so they changed their plan to attack Cassie once she was alone, which uh, didn't take long. Matt then left a few minutes later, and um, there was a lucky coincidence for Matt because um, Cassie asked Matt's mother if Matt could stay since she didn't want to be alone with these weird occurrences that happened this evening. Um, Matt's mother declined, but she offered Cassie to come with her, but uh, she declined since she was very responsible and wanted to look after her aunt's house. Now, then, uh, Tori and Brian had uh, had uh, black shirts and were dressed all black and wore masks uh, like in the movie Scream, so everything was inspired by this movie. And they then went up into the living room to approach her there. And with the knives, they stabbed her in the upper thigh and her breast about uh, 30 times, it says in the report. Now that was how the murder was committed. After the murder, um, both of the killers were interviewed by the people. Uh, four days after the murder, both of the killers were interviewed by the police since they were the last uh, to have seen Cassie because they were there to watch a movie with her. Her boyfriend Matt and both Brian and Tori were over at the house, so also Matt got interviewed. Now at first go through what uh, Brian, uh, through Brian's interrogation. He seems very nervous but tries to act cool by sitting in the, in the interrogation room very openly. He is asked um, to tell uh, the police officers when he went uh, out to go to Cassie's house and this is and this is also similar to Tori's interrogation one day later. Um, he then is asked if he likes movies, in which uh, to which he answers that he loves movies. He is then asked what his favorite movie is, to which he responds that he loves the movie Halloween the most. And this is important because... First, they uh, went to the movies later on, as they told the police, but they didn't do that. This was their alibi that didn't work out. And second of all, uh, the murder was inspired by a movie, so that was important. Now, um, then Brian told the police that they ate popsicles earlier, and they then asked them, asked him uh, how they opened them, to which Brian responded with a knife. He told the police... <laughs> he told the police that Matt had given him this knife, uh, which was suspicious to the police since Matt could have opened uh, the popsicles by himself. At this point, Brian is getting more nervous since uh, he didn't think that the police would ask him about that and therefore he did not think of uh, the story through at this point. The police of course had found the fingerprints of Brian on that knife. Another question the police then asked him is um, why his fingerprints should have been on the breaker box in the house in which the murder took place because uh, as a guest at a house you 
wouldn't uh, probably go onto the breaker box from this person you're visiting. So um, this also makes Brian even more suspicious. Also, neighbors of the house uh, Cassie was in saw Tori's car parked in the neighborhood while they were waiting some time before killing Cassie. And officially, they had left the house uh, Cassie was in. But, of course, they were just one street down or so. So, yeah, not very far from the house. Brian is asked about that and he doesn't really have a consistent answer to that question. And the following minutes in office interrogation includes lots of uh, inconsistencies with the investigation of the officers, especially with him lying to the, uh, to the officers that they went to the movie theater where nobody has seen them and he doesn't know any details of the movie they watched uh, because... He tells the police that he talked to a girl named Heather, but of course that is just total lies. And he also changes his story sometimes and the police quickly notices that he's lying to them. Then he makes up a story that he went through cars, so basically he stole money from the cars. And of course the the officers still know that he is lying to them. The officers then try to get Brian to admit that he had played a prank on Matt and Cassie and therefore has touched the breaker box. But they said, but he says that they did nothing like that. Um, this is used by the officers to play down what he did to admit to make it easier for him to admit what he actually did. And then um, the officer tries displaying Brian good and Troy bad uh, to blame uh, somebody else and therefore also make it easier for Brian to admit what he had done. But he still lies about what he knows. The officers then turn Brian against Tori to get the truth. And yeah, then Brian confessed to the murder, leading uh, police to the location where they buried the evidence. And there is no tape of that interrogation. Uh, but apparently his parents were there at that time. And he also told them how it happened but wanted to play down his role in uh, in the murder at first because uh, he tells the police that he just thought that uh, Tori wanted to play a prank on Matt and Cassie, so basically the exact thing the officers told him, so yeah. So the day after, um, Tori is interviewed by the police, and he is there with his present, uh, with his parents in the interrogation room, and they ask him about Cassie from where he knew her, and the officer is trying to establish a timeline from when Tori went to Cassie's house to after Cassie was murdered, and he tells them that Cassie and Matt gave the tour of the house and that shows the police that they knew the outline of the house, uh, so basically the layout of the house, very well and therefore could have planned their murder sometime before they committed it. And Tori also tells the story of going through cars, but as Brian, he's not very specific with the locations of these cars and he can show them to the police as they want him to do. Um, and also details from Tori's story also diff uh, differ from Brian's story. And then his mom catches him lying about a CD case that he apparently got the night of the murder, but his mom argues 
that it was from the week before. So that supports the statement of him going to cars, but not that night of the murder. So his alibi is basically gone. So he has a pretty weak story um, to what they did after going through these cars. And Tori's parents want him to be innocent when he obviously lies to them. And the officers confront him with inconsistencies in the story and they therefore find out the things Tori tells them are not true. And the officers then ask Tori about the mask, to which Tori admits that they have been with them at the uh, on in the night of the murder. The police knows of these masks because uh, before these uh, before this interrogation, Brian has already led the police to the area where the two had buried the evidence. But Tori doesn't know this yet, since the police officers try to get Tori. Um, to admit the murder himself and Tori doesn't know that Brian had told the police what they did exactly and they that they know everything. Tori in general is very silent and closes up to the interrogators. He then wants to talk to his dad alone um, but they don't yet have a confession from Tori. Tori is therefore confronted with the truth that the officers know how they murdered Cassie and it seems that Tori got then got angry because Brian confessed and he uh, he really acts as if he was really angry at Brian. And in the second interrogation of Brian, he's already in custody. And Brian is being told... So this was after the interrogation of Tori. And Brian is being told how the interview with Tori a day before went. And Brian is already smiling as they're... Um, Brian is smiling as they go over the story uh what lies Tori had told the officers and so he's basically that could be um him uh, that could uh, that could be a relief for him that that he now no longer has this weight on him that pulls him down to keep silent about what he did so that could be really relieving for him. Also, uh, he's still not willing to give in on the importance he played in this murder because he's still not admitting that he had stabbed her too, but they now know he has since there is blood on both knives, so to which he later admits he did because they really um, want him to admit and they know that he had done something to Cassie too. In this interrogation, he tells the officers that he knows that Tori has killed and tortured animals before, which is a sign of one becoming a serial killer. Um, so this should be taken seriously. And this also shows that Tori has that bad thing in him that others have already mentioned to the police.
in the court case they were both um sentenced to life in prison as adults and they are both serving the time at Idaho State Correctional Institution and this was also um so this sentence was because of the videotapes showing that they wanted to kill more people and even before the murder of Cassie the night before the murder of Cassie they went around uh, and checked if somebody was home alone and they then wanted to kill somebody before they wanted to kill Cassie and so they were charged for first degree murder and conspiracy to commit first degree murder so that was their court case All in all, I would say this was a very cruel murder, especially with them being so easy on them, on these, uh, yeah, um, videos talking about it so easily and as if it was no problem to kill people. And I really feel sorry for Cassie, which, uh, who could have uh, gotten away with her life by going with um, uh, Matt's mother to Matt's home and that's really sad because I think she could have saved her life but he gave her life because she was just a responsible person um, and I think that is really heartbreaking um, so and I think you could also um, heard in the videos that she was a very kind person and that she was really friendly. Um, um, I just feel sorry for her um, and her whole family, of course, because she didn't deserve it just so that two uh, teenage boys could get their fame and... That's just really sad. Now, thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast Behind the Crime. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you will listen next time. Goodbye. We just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not a fucking joke. I'm I stabbed her in the throat and I saw her lifeless body just disappear. Dude, I just killed Cassie. Oh, oh fuck. That felt like a real.